listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Welcome to another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. I'm Ryan Schweitzer, Craig Boschman here as well. A uh, loaded show as we sit here a safe distance apart from one another and uh, fire out another edition of uh, Broncos This Week to the quarantined masses. Yeah, we got three guests on uh, this week's episode. We're going to hear from uh, Dean Brockman as per usual, but kind of a, a full season recap interview and um, talking about the year that was obviously was uh, you know a rather difficult season, but uh, to get his thoughts on you know the expectations heading in and how things sort of played out uh, throughout the 1920 season, and then a double dose of down the pipeline for Crescent Point, uh, the U.S. draft, the first ever WHL U.S. draft was held last week. Broncos uh, reaching out to the West Coast and taking defenseman Austin Moline from Vegas and then uh, goaltender Owen Crudale from San Diego. So we were able to catch up with both of those guys and uh, we'll have those interviews later on. Yep, a couple of uh, nice young men from the US and A. Very much looking forward to welcoming them into the uh, Swift Current Bronco family and that chat with Dean Brockman coming up uh, as well. Kind of our full season recap. Now we'll ask Dean question, uh, uh, Dean questions that, that we want to ask. But uh, coming up next week, a unique opportunity for fans to reach out to key members in the Swift Current Bronco organization as the, the Broncos This Week podcast will take on a little bit of a different look a week from now. Yeah, it's going to turn into a bit of a, a town hall type of um, podcast where we're going to have uh, Dean Brockman, uh, board chairman Trent McCleary, and uh, business uh, operations director Nathan McDonald are all going to be here, and they're going to be here to take questions from you the fans and it's it's questions that maybe you know are ones that you've been thinking about for a while something you want to ask Dean something you want to ask Trent uh, something on the business side that you've been wondering uh, to ask Nathan about so this is sort of the time where where you can have your voice heard on uh, you know a public platform with the Broncos name attached to it to ask questions that you maybe have about the organization with you know multiple different regards to the organization but a chance for you to sort of get Get your questions in there and hear from you know a number of different people within the organization. Yeah, and I'm sure that some of our peers around the league might disagree with what I'm about to say right now. But one thing about this Swift Current Bronco franchise, you know, being in the league, we're working with the Broncos for a few years. I would dare say that we probably have the most engaged fan base in the Western Hockey League. Bronco fans are passionate about this team. They're passionate about keeping this team in Swift Current and. It's been some tough years on the ice, and I imagine uh, you know a lot of fans might have some questions about what's going on off the ice from a business perspective. Some big decisions were made in the last 365 days, some that fans might not agree with, and you can really find out why some of those decisions were made as well. So it's the opportunity for fans to interact. Now, what we'll be doing is recording the podcast on April the 9th between 11 o'clock in the morning and 2 o'clock. We'll then edit it up and, uh, and send it out like we would any other podcast, but we invite people to email their questions to community at scbroncos.com. You can also call in caller style 
at uh, 306-773-1509, extension 7, in between those times, 11 and 2, and fire your questions at, at any of those three gentlemen that we just mentioned. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned the you know the passion of the fan base, which I think is what you need. If the, if the fans here didn't care, there wouldn't be a team here. And, yep. you know, passion goes both ways. It's, it's the passion for supporting a, an exciting team, and it's passion for being frustrated when things aren't going right. But I think you need that on both ends of it because, like I said, if, if the people here didn't care about the organization, I think they would have been gone a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people do care. So, and and we care about the people because obviously they keep this thing going right now. It's a relationship between the team and the fans that everyone certainly values and takes seriously. So, a town hall podcast happening next week. Uh, Dean Brockman will be part of it. Uh, Chairman of the board, Trent McCleary, and Director of Business Operations, Nathan McDonald. So that will happen April 9th. Ponder what questions you might have for those three gentlemen and feel free to email them to community at scbroncos.com. Or if you want to call in talk radio style, we'll we'll certainly do that as well. You can call in between 11 and 2 at 306-773-1509, extension 7, on April the 9th. going to be an exciting time. I think there's, like I said, there's a lot of people who have a lot of questions and a chance for them to sort of directly reach out to somebody within the organization that they may not have a chance to otherwise for various different reasons, but uh, sort of that chance for someone if you've got that burning question you've been thinking about for months and months hey this is now your chance to get that question directly to that member of the organization and we have burning questions for head coach and director of hockey operations dean brockman he's going to join us in just a moment uh we'll get our season breakdown with the head coach and the director of hockey operations dean brockman shortly you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the swift current broncos Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16 on the phone now with Broncos head coach and director of hockey operations, Dean Brockman, for a bit of a season recap interview here. Uh, Dean, I guess kind of an overall general statement. Uh, No question that it was uh, a pretty disappointing season. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we talked about having a tougher year in year two than year one, and it certainly was. I think uh, expectations, uh, you know, coming out of, preseason when we won a lot of games were were a lot higher but uh, you know reality set in and uh, you know certainly uh, it, we didn't get you know certainly a lot of wins for sure yeah and and you know Dean I want to elaborate on that you talked about uh, initially your thoughts that year two might and probably will be a little bit rougher than year one uh, I'll, I'll get you to expand on that a little bit because yeah 11 wins last year 10 wins this year and albeit a shortened season but uh, you know your, your thoughts on on this year forecasted to maybe not be as good as last year well when you're having that revolving door of trying to always grab assets uh, to build something for the future you're going to have that uncertainty a little bit and uh, you know last year when uh, we had to break things down and and had to move guys to acquire assets you were losing uh, you know some guys that had won a championship and and guys that had been part of something very special so you know in year two uh, when you're limited with your resources as far as players coming into the system you know and so on and so forth you know, it, it does. It, it makes it tougher, uh, you know, also in regards of trying to acquire players that you can sustain things until you can use your assets like your draft picks, you know, and get them rolling. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, frustrating for everybody, I'm sure, uh, you know, fans, you know, coaches, everybody. And indeed, uh, I think we made some progress, you know, as far as, you know, off the ice, uh, acquiring more assets and, and setting, you know, more things up for the future than the present. And as painful as it was, uh, 
you know, there were certainly uh, some guys that had some good years and, and proved that they belonged in the Western Hockey League. And before we, we touch on the future a little bit, you talked about getting some some guys who you trying to had to sort of plug and play for this season, but there are guys who you were able to pick up this year who did make impacts and will continue to make impacts in future years. Guys like the Sam McGinleys and DeClercs and, and Aiden Bulliches and those types of players. So, you know, while it was, you know, more or less a tough year, there were some guys who kind of kind of shone brightly and were showing that there is hope for the future, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. We know that... Uh... You know, Cole and Aiden are, are guys that, uh, you know, are old ones that are, are going to, you know, eat valuable minutes, uh, you know, especially next season. And, uh, you know, you get some of the younger guys, uh, you know, Bodie Hagen, Raph Pelche, uh, Connor Seleski, you know, back end, Sam McGinley, Hank the Clerk. You know, those are guys that we didn't particularly have or were, you know, in our system or any of that nature. So, you know, for us uh, to be able to acquire those assets and, and continue to sustain things uh, while we get our guys going, uh, you know, I thought was huge. And, you know, those guys uh, learned how to play in the Western Hockey League. And, you know, certainly we know that they're going to be better for it. You know, you, you touched on some bright spots and you just did some uh, some name dropping there of some guys that uh, that weren't part of the Bronco family a year ago that are now. Uh, you know, in, in terms of next year, uh, who, who are some players that you're really looking forward to, to working with that you think are, are ready to maybe take that, that next step in their game? Well, you know, without naming a pile of names, uh, I mean, I don't want to miss anybody for sure, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at all the guys that, uh, you know, you look at our first rounder and and Matthew Ward, I think, uh, you know, watching him at the championships uh, in the one game, unfortunately, didn't see him more. But, uh, you know, I, I thought uh, he got, you know, a lot better. And, and as far as he got stronger, quicker, you know, and, uh, you know, he scores the first goal. Saw us watching. Uh, I don't think he'll ever admit that. But, you know, elevated his game in that particular game. And that was great to see. And, you know, Josh Davies, who had a, a big preseason uh we expect him to come in and earn a spot. And, uh, you know, you look at uh, Braden Lewis and Caleb Wirestock, the old threes, you know, I think uh, Wiro had a really good year. Um, you know, certainly, again, you know, we look for those four guys, especially up front, you know, to be able to make that difference uh, and make the jump. And, you know, obviously they're going to have growing pains, but uh, those are a few of the names that come to mind. And, uh, you know, the season is far from starting, I guess. So we certainly have more time to, to sign guys and, and just see where they're at. I think uh, a lot of the situation now depends on, you know, when we're going to be going, when we're going to be playing. And, and uh, you know, certainly I think there's guys that can also make the jump down the road. Uh, you know, you know, I guess they want to check out Swift Current first. You know, Kale Ashcraft comes to mind. I think, uh, you know, all, all those draft picks uh, come to mind. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of players that potentially play. But, you know, it's being able to fit them in and being in the right situation. And depending on the outcome of the year looks, uh, we'll make those decisions as we go. You talked about the the growing pains and, and the guys who were here this past season who will be here next year as well. You kind of hope that those guys can kind of take the moments from this year and realize how difficult it was and, and use that maybe as a bit of motivation for next year and moving forward into trying to avoid that type of feeling uh, hanging over them for the whole season. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, it's uh, absolutely for sure, Craig. And uh, yeah, you want to, you want all players to use motivation and whatever it takes to get them, you know, to be able to play better, work better, do all the right things, uh, you know, more consistently. 
uh, yeah, that's, that's always the trick. And, you know, you would hope that guys have learned some valuable lessons that they don't want to learn again, the hard way. You know, I, I recall a few years ago, you know, when, when we were at the Memorial Cup and taking all that in and you see a lot of hockey people there. And at the time, just after all those moves were made to build that championship team, uh, a, a few hockey people whose, whose opinions I certainly trust threw around the, the phrase seven-year rebuild when it came to discussing the Swift Current Broncos. Um, you made some trades to get some first-round assets, but, you know, how, how do you feel about where we are right now in the process? Well, there's, you know, if if we knew how everyone, Ryan, that's a it's a great question. It's if we knew all the answers and and the timelines of as to when we were going to win another league championship, uh, I'd certainly make that bold prediction. But uh, where we're at is, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we we're starting to get our our young guys in the fold. And when I say that. Uh, you know, I look at that as a as a tank of gas. You know, our, our first draft, we got to a quarter full. And not a quarter empty, but a quarter full. And, uh, you know, those are some of the guys that are going to have to, you know, be the guys that, that you know, create that culture and create that turnaround and not taking anything away from the guys that are going to be presently there because they're going to contribute to that immensely as well. But uh, you hope after this year's draft, uh, you know, we're at that half tank full and, it always takes a four or five year cycle of, of players, uh, you know, to get into your lineup that you've drafted that you can potentially be really good. And, uh, um, you know, the time frame changes day to day, right. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can make, you know, some acquisitions, you can move some assets. Um, the, o- the only thing we know for sure is again, we got to continue to draft well and, and draft players that, you know, want to be Swift Current Broncos and draft players that can come in and contribute and, and, and be players. There was a, a good uh, article that Steve Ma wrote uh, with the, the Prairie Post about kind of a season recap, similar type of thing. But uh, he mentioned that uh, when you first got here in the 2020 draft, the Broncos only had a fourth and fifth round pick. And now I think they have 10 in the top five rounds. So you talked about, you know, regaining all those assets, but really can't stress just how important it was to make those tough decisions and send out those guys who maybe had been here for a couple of years, but to get those assets back, which were previously moved. Well, no one, you know, no one more than me likes to trade players. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it because I don't, uh, I don't like doing it. To be that's first and foremost, and I think second is um, you have to acquire assets somehow, um, and assets are draft picks um, in today's world. When you can't acquire younger players or prospects from other teams, uh, you know, it makes it difficult uh, to be able to replenish things and. Uh, and we had it in our mindset, uh, or I had it in my mind, I'll, I'll speak for myself, that this is the way that we needed to go to create that sustainability. And, and for us to be able to grab those picks, it always doesn't guarantee everything, but it guarantees you have a chance to get back to where you need to. And, you know, for us, that was the priority to get back that way. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel, you know, we made some headway. Uh, we're certainly not perfect by any stretch of the means, uh, and we don't claim to be, but uh, those are picks that are very valuable to us now. And I think uh, that's what's important on April 22nd when we have choices and options. Uh, you know, we feel we have enough assets to be able to move up or, or if we have to, in certain situations, move down. And, and I think that's important. And, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's very painful, uh, you know, to go through what we have to go through. 
and it's tough to make trades when you know players are capable of of contributing to your lineup day in day out and to see them walk out the door uh you know it, it, it's tough on everyone it's tough on players it's tough on fans it's tough on the whole organization and it, uh, it's tough on coaches so um we feel we needed to do it this way and uh uh, you know, you can keep guys and, and get a few more wins, but have less draft picks. And, uh, you know, that's not always easy to do either because you can't create things the way you want them to, to manipulate, to get players. So yeah, it's a, it's a difficult time for sure, but, uh, yeah, we've got some assets back and that's the encouraging sign. I think that's, that's really important, especially, uh, when the draft is, is strong in Saskatchewan and hopefully we can utilize those picks, uh, in our own province, uh, possibly, if, if they're there in the right situations. And, uh, yeah, we have to go forward with that. Very, very excited, too, to talk to you in the future uh, about the draft. Uh, we got you on the phone here to to kind of discuss the season that was and, uh, you know, a bright spot in the season that was, and it showed recently when we announced our team awards, was, you know, the, the play of Isaac Poulter. He's a guy that's... Uh, that's played through a lot in the past two seasons and you know talk about his contributions to the team this year yeah i mean isaac uh you know is the ultimate junior player he comes prepared he works hard both on and off the ice he wants to better himself uh i think those are solid attributes and uh for a player that uh you know obviously i didn't know a lot about before i came you know you certainly learn to appreciate his craft and uh you know, he's an elite goaltender in the Western Hockey League, and we hope that translates into, uh, you know, something down the road for him. Uh, but, he, you know, he was great. Uh, I mean, there's no other way to describe it. And uh, like I said, he's the ultimate uh, junior hockey player who prepares himself day in, day out, whether it's on or off the ice. And, you know, certainly is a valuable member of the Bronco organization as far as going out into the community and contributing and, and being a part of his billet family. So he is a model of, of a player that we can use down the road, uh, you know, and uh, certainly uh, appreciate all the efforts that he put in this season for sure. I think it's only fair to kind of touch on the 20 year old guys who uh, kind of had their careers cut short by five games. Uh, I get, we can start off with DJ Jerome, uh, the trade deadline uh, acquisition, and you brought him in to provide offense. And uh, that's pretty much what he did for you. Yeah. You know what DJ is, uh, you know, and I think he'll admit it as well. His his passion to score was something that we needed. Uh, you know, for younger guys, uh, as we know, it's very difficult to score goals in the Western Hockey League. But uh, you know, he expressed that passion, whether it was in practice, uh, you know, celebrating a goal in practice as well as on the ice in games. I think that was really important. Uh, he, he had seen really good players play and and tried to use that to show our younger guys, uh, you know, whether it was Dylan Cousins that he played with or other guys. So, you know, I think his open-mindedness to, to come to the program when he certainly had, you know, a lot of other options in junior A, you know, was really important. I think it, it shows that, uh, you know, he came to the Bronco organization for a lot of different reasons. But uh, that was important. Uh, when you look at Hayden Oster, we had picked him up early uh, again, didn't want to use assets to, to, to bring 20-year-olds in that were only going to be with us for a certain amount of games. Um, but, you know, Ozzy was, uh, was a great character player. I think he worked extremely hard, uh, you know, on the ice. It was always shown, uh, had a passion to succeed, uh, you know, which is important. Uh, you know, and was part of, uh, you know, the, talking to younger guys all the time, you know, having some fun in the dressing room, keeping things loose. 
Uh, you know, and then you look at Jackson Kaluski uh, or Kaluski. Uh, we got his name right now, I think. But <laughs> you know, Jackson, uh, you know, it certainly brought uh, you know an era of uh, you know confidence and ability, and just you know understanding the Western Hockey League to its fullest. Uh, you know, he had great leadership qualities. Uh, you know, was a person that uh, you'll certainly remain in contact with because you feel that. As he plays his college career, he'll lead into coaching and going on from there. So, you know, all three guys made huge contributions. You know, not any that anyone would see on a on a daily basis other than the coaching staff. So, you know, we appreciated all those, you know, three guys. And, you know, it was a tough situation for them too as well. Um, you know, a couple of them, you know, all three of them couldn't have been in the league maybe or maybe would have went in a different direction. But they decided to come our way and uh, – we're grateful for it. With the regards to the 20-year-old situation, you do have five players currently on the roster who could return as overagers in the Western Hockey League, but I guess there's so much that can change between now and the beginning of next season that it's kind of tough to say, uh, you know, who your three 20-year-olds could be for, for game one. Yeah, and we don't even know when game one is going to be, right? So that's the, the difficulty as we speak. And, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, we're not going to have a couple of those guys or uh, you know, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's tough to say right now, Craig. I think uh, all have qualities and abilities that can certainly help us out. And, uh, you know, maybe as we go through the draft and there's some trades or maybe there's some moves or, or guys make more of a commitment, uh, you know, maybe that'll answer questions to how you can shape your lineup. But uh, a little bit of too much uncertainty. And uh, we like all those five guys. And, uh, you know, certainly there'll be some tough decisions ahead. You know, a, t- a term that gets thrown around a lot when it comes to describing hockey teams is identity. And, uh, you know, going forward, we got some young guys coming in that you, uh, that you mentioned earlier. You know, what, what kind of, of team, what kind of identity are, are you and the coaches building the Swift Current Broncos into? Well, we, we certainly, the game is played fast now, so certainly that's something about it. We want intelligent, fast guys that compete hard every night. And, uh, you know, as you formulate that identity with your picks and your draft picks and all that, uh, uh, you know, certainly uh, it takes you to that game that you have to have intelligent players. You have to be able to think and, and react quickly. You have to move. You have to move fast. Uh, the game is, you know, at an all-time high as far as speed goes. And you have to have the guys that can compete as well. And, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, it creates... Uh, for a team that's going to work extremely hard every night and, and use their intelligence to their advantage. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we like those types of players as everyone does. Uh, we know that and understand that. And uh, um, we just have to be, you know, kind of on the edge all the time with, uh, with how we're going to create that identity and, and just lead it to a, you know, a successful, you know, sustainability I think is, is important as well. So, yeah, it, it, it creates, uh, you know, a mixture between a lot of different teams. And, uh, you know, and to compete in our division, you see a lot of teams, uh, whether Edmonton has the identity of skill, skill, skill. And, you know, I mean, they, they, everybody has their own identity and their own division. And they've been that way for years. And that's what's great about what we can do here is uh, 
we can contribute to be somewhere in between all those teams and and hopefully be successful. You and Swites kind of touched on it earlier with uh, regards to how long it kind of takes to get back to being a contending team. So I guess, the, you know, the hope is that after two years of, of kind of tough sledding, year three when you start to get those players into your lineup that you drafted is when you start to see that upswing towards uh, getting back to, to, you know, a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, uh, young guys, it takes a while. Uh, a lot of you know, players in this league contribute in their second half of their 18-year-old year and 19-year-old season. Uh, so uh, when you have, you know, the players like Matt Ward and, and Josh Davies, uh, you know, those guys, it's going to take some time for them to adapt to the league. And, uh, you know, timelines are timelines. Uh, unfortunately, I wish we could win a championship tomorrow, but that's not the reality of things. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, you know, why am I skirting the question, guys? I'm skirting it because it takes time. And uh, you have to have that cycle of, of four drafts at least, uh, you know, to be successful and be consistent and to create sustainability. So, um, yeah, and it takes time for those guys to develop and grow. And, and hopefully you don't make a lot of mistakes when you're drafting because uh, – we certainly can't afford to have those right now. I think we kind of touched on it uh, when we talked to you uh, last week uh, with the draft coming up three weeks from uh, the time of recording on April 22nd. So uh, 10 picks in the top five rounds for your club. Uh, I think last year there was really a focus on getting a lot of skill with the players that you drafted. So without maybe showing your hand too much, is there kind of a mindset heading into the 2020 draft for the Swift Current Broncos as well? Well, uh yeah, I mean, certainly there is. Uh, we've got a lot of different ways we can go with it, and I think it's maybe a little bit early to, to tip the hand a little bit, Craig, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, you certainly always want skilled players. Uh, you know, you can never have enough of those. Uh, I mean, certainly you got to have the guys that, uh, like I said, you you want that complete player. You want the guys that can compete and skill and are, you know, and have intelligence. And, yeah, I mean, uh, as the draft uh, shakes out, there's you know numerous scenarios you can go through i think uh, it can all change in the blink of an eye as you're drafting uh, you know as we saw last year uh, you know when winnipeg was able to get the first two picks that kind of changed the complexion of the draft a little bit uh, for other teams uh, you know with brandon having three picks they maybe took somebody that they they wanted to be able to play against those two guys so you know, the complexion of the draft changes and it can happen in seconds. It can happen with a, a change of a pick. Um, you know, we got Prince George with three. You know, will they go with three of the same guys? So, um, you know, to tip my hand as to which way we're leaning or which way we're going to go, you obviously want to try and get the best player that you can in that particular placement that you have your players as you've scouted them throughout the year. All right, Dean. Well, hey, we'll uh, talk to you in a couple of weeks here uh, to do a full draft preview, but uh, thanks for doing this and uh, keep making those phone calls, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's uh, It's been an interesting time and uh, just to all our fans out there, uh, you know, certainly uh, we want you to take care and, and be safe. Uh, you know, we all pray and hope that, uh, you know, the virus, uh, there's a solution and uh, you know what? It's, uh, it's streams like this uh, that keep people looking forward and, uh, so we certainly appreciate your effort, men, and uh, we'll continue to plug away. Awesome, Dean. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. It's time to go down the pipeline, presented by Crescent Point. Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. But we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos. 
Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16 continuing down the pipeline for Crescent Point. We are joined on the phone now by one of the new U.S. prospects of the Swift Current Broncos, Austin Moline from Las Vegas, Nevada, joins us on the line. Uh, Austin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're doing great, thanks. Uh, appreciate you taking our call here. Are you are you back home in Vegas now for the summer? Because you were playing in Los uh, Angeles yes, this year. I'm in Vegas right now. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, obviously interesting times right now, preventing you from probably getting some workouts in and doing what you got to do. But, uh, you know, talk about your season this year, man. Uh, it looks like you put up some good uh, offensive numbers playing Bantam in L.A. there. Yeah, so I started off forward in the beginning of the season. And one of our tournaments, our um, top two defensemen were hurt. And so I stood up and played defense, uh, defenseman for the rest of the season. How did you feel about that transition? Have you had you ever thought about playing defense before? Or was it just the coach saying, uh, Austin, we no, need you I to fill in? No, I never thought of it. I just played it. I mean, I actually did really good in my first couple tournaments. Talk about your game a little bit here. Like, looking at your numbers, you played 55 games. You scored 18 goals. Were, uh, were most of those 18 goals scored uh, as a forward, or were you, were you able to put the puck in the net a fair bit as a blue liner? I said it was about half and half throughout the season. Now, your team uh, played at that U.S. Challenge Cup in uh, Kent, Washington earlier this year. What was that experience like uh, for you and your teammates? It was fun to play in that big stadium and to watch the um, Seattle Thunderbirds play. Yeah, now, have you guys, have you played in, in rinks that kind of size before, either you or your teammates? Not me, but because it's my first year in L.A., but my teammates um, probably have. So what was it like yesterday for you, Austin? Uh, were, were you aware that the WHL-US draft was happening? And, uh, and what was it like when you found out that, uh, that you were a pretty high pick in that draft? Yes, I was watching. I was, like, I was very surprised, actually. I was picked higher up. Uh, so you must have known that, you know, obviously it was going on, but uh, I'm assuming you had talked to a couple of teams ahead of time. Did you know at all where you might go, or were you just hoping to go pretty much anywhere? I was hoping to go, like, whatever team picked me. No, and I mean, playing in Los Angeles from, from uh, Las Vegas, was it just a matter of kind of getting uh, playing against higher competition out there in, uh, in Los Angeles for you? Uh, yes, I just wanted to play higher competition, make my game better. You know, talk about uh, the team that you had this year, because uh, I, I think you were one of seven guys that were taken in the, uh, in the WHL draft yesterday. So, I mean, obviously a lot of skill on that team, uh, playing junior with the, uh, the Bantam AAA Kings. You know, what kind of a season did you guys have? No, we're all very nice to each other. We, we're good in the locker room. We all have, like, a very good connection with each other. So I'm happy for the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming you guys have whatever group chat or something that was going on. Were you guys just all excited for each other? Yeah, we were we were all excited for each other, texting back and forth. Now, your season, I think Swite said you played 55 games. So what is your schedule like? Is it a lot of travel involved? Is it mostly, like, tournaments you're playing in? Uh, yeah, it's mostly tournaments, a lot of traveling. So who would you compare your game to? I mean, we asked this question to, like, pretty much every prospect that we talked to. Comparing yourself to, to a well-known NHL guy, you know, who, who does Austin Moline pattern his game after? Maybe, like, Riley Smith on the Vegas Golden Knights because he's, like, a quiet leader. Now, the, um, the draft going on, so your exposure to the Western Hockey League, playing in Los Angeles and being from Las Vegas, I know they've got an NHL team now, but did you know a whole lot about the Western Hockey League before uh, the U.S. draft that was going on? I looked a little bit at it before like, I came to L.A., but now I know lots about it because I've been looking it up a lot. So being from, from Vegas and, and starting to play hockey, how did you kind of get into it? I think they've had a minor pro team there for a while, and now they've got the Golden Knights, obviously. But, you know, back in your, your you know, five, six years old, how did you end up getting into hockey? One of my um, older friends actually got me into it. I just started off free skating, and then I got into hockey, and then it just went from there. 
So I think, uh, like Dean had said, you you have a very serious interest in, in coming to camp for sure in uh, you know August. Uh, yes. how, how do you feel about uh, you know making your way out here to see what things are like? Um, have to come out and see the town and see what it's like. All right. Well, hey Austin, I appreciate you taking our call here. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, looking forward to to seeing you at training camp. All right. Thank you very much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. It's time to go down the pipeline for Crescent Point, and we are joined by one of the newest prospects of the Swift Current Broncos, goaltender Owen Crudale from San Diego, California. Owen, uh, you were picked up in that U.S. Prospects draft, which was uh, on Wednesday, March 25th. Uh, how did you feel heading into the day? Did you, did you know that you might get picked up by somebody? Um, honestly, I didn't even know that the draft was that day. Uh, I got a text from my dad saying, Oh, look at the draft. And then, um, I hop on it and see that I just got picked by you guys. And Oh my gosh, I was so excited. It was a a really good feeling. No, that's, uh, uh, that's awesome to hear, man. So, uh, so what was it like? Your dad told you to log on to the draft. You saw that you got selected by the, uh, by the Swift Current Broncos. You know, what did you do after that? Um, uh, kind of took a minute to take it all in. And then, um, after that, I started to, uh, doing a little bit more research on the team and stuff like that and who's come out of it and the WHL and stuff like that, even though I already have pretty good understanding of, uh, the league and stuff like that. But, um, overall I was very excited and took a little bit of time to take it in. Well, that kind of leads into my next question because being from San Diego, I'm not sure how much exposure there is to the Western Hockey League down there. You say you were a little familiar with the league ahead of time, but you know how much did you really know about the WHL uh, before the the U.S. prospects draft? Pretty much nothing, honestly. Like I knew that it was part, it was part of the CHL uh, with the OHL and QMJHL, but that was pretty much it. So you went to the uh, you went to that showcase in Kent, Washington, a few weeks ago, where there was uh, WHL general managers and scouts that were there. Uh, you know, what do you think it was about uh, about that showcase that uh, that put you on the radar of teams and uh, and got you eventually picked up by the Broncos? Um, I don't know. I'd probably say um, I played well the last two games, but then the first two. Oh my gosh, I was not pleased with the way I played. These. We played Yale the second game and then Dallas the first. I had a rough two games, those ones, and then picked up two shutouts at the end. So that made me happy, I guess. And that, uh, I mean, that Challenge Cup that was going on, uh, when that was announced, did you know that your team was going to play in it right away or was there any sort of like qualifying that had to happen for that? Uh, we found out in like, I don't know, uh, early December. Oh, uh, so our coach gathered everybody in. He's like, hey, guys, uh, I think we're going to be going to a WHL challenge tournament and stuff like that. And we all got like super pumped up. And so we had known about it prior. Uh, there was no qualifying for it or anything. Now I that, think it's just because they picked the best teams in the West and stuff like that. And that was held at the uh, Seattle Thunderbirds arena in Kent, Washington. Have you played in, in ranks that big before? I mean, what what's sort of your, your games like uh, with your, your San Diego Saints? Uh, most kids on that team had not, but I played in the Pee Wee Quebec tournament, so I kind of got a feel for it already. But um, having all the scouts there was a completely different feeling because there was none of the Quebec tournament because it's just a bunch of super tiny kids, I guess. <laughs> 
So, uh, you know, to give Bronco fans a little bit of insight into into what kind of a game you play, I'll ask you the classic question that we ask all the prospects. You know, if you were to compare yourself to to a well-known NHL-type goaltender, you know, who do, who do you kind of pattern your game after? Um, I want to say Sergei Bobrovsky, but I know I'm not as fast as him at all. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's probably who I idol. I would say your uh, your stats on that WHL draft prospects page says you played 50 games uh, last or this past season with the Saints, a 1.06 goals against average in 50 games. That first of all seems like a lot of games to play at that age. But uh, were you guys just a really really good team? Uh, yeah, we played like 70 games. Um, we got our state championship uh, canceled because of Corona, of course. And then um, our nat- our natties were also canceled. Uh, so we would have had like about around 80 games. But um, so it was me and then the backup, but he didn't play very many games. And when he played, it was against weaker teams, you could say. So, but the competition in California wasn't that great. So, I'd probably say I got at least like 15 shutouts in a matter of 50 games. So, and then the games that I got scored on, it was one goal. So, one or two goals. So, that's the, why the goals against average was so low. So, so what is your like? What is your travel schedule like? Is it a lot of tournaments you're playing in, or is it like you know bus trips to somewhere within close driving distance to San Diego? How does that kind of break down? It pretty much breaks down like, oh, today we'll have a game. Uh, a Skaha game, which is Southern California teams only, where you'll drive up to, say, Anaheim or something, play a game, drive back down. But then on tournament weekends, you'll maybe fly out to Boston, fly to Colorado, fly to Kent, Washington, for example. Or And then we've also gone to Toronto, Vancouver. Um, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, but then also on Caja weekends, which is like once a month, you got all the teams in California that all are playing in one rink facility, and it's like five games. So that's pretty much how it went. So you uh, you mentioned that uh, after you got drafted, you, you said you were pretty pumped up about getting selected in the draft, and you said you started doing some research on uh, on Swift Current. Uh, you know what uh, what kind of things caught your eye about the Bronco organization? Um, I saw that you guys won the WHL championship a couple years back. And I call my. Being from San Diego, I'm looking at one website right now that says there's only been two players in the history of the NHL that have played in San Diego or player from San Diego. Sorry, Chad Rudweedle and uh, Thatcher Demko. So, being from San Diego, how did you kind of first get into hockey? Um, well, my dad is from Rhode Island, and he grew up in Minnesota. So, I would say that that's probably the only reason I got into hockey because of him. So, now the... um, he's been a big inspiration for me. And there's an American Hockey League team there in San Diego with the Gulls. Do you have you seen a lot of their games before? I go to a few every once in a while, but mostly people don't know anything about hockey that are going to those. <laughs> so it's just oh, there's a fight and everybody goes crazy. So that's pretty much it there. Your your plans for next season? Uh, are you hoping to be able to come to Swift Current to be able to check out training camp and, and that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good plan because I don't really have much to do this summer. But then for next season, I'm probably going to go to Mount St. Charles um, for a season and then go from there. Well, hey, Owen, uh, we appreciate you taking our call here. Thanks so much for doing this, and uh, welcome to the organization. Anytime.
Thank you so much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast. I, th- I think we should share what just happened. Yeah, we uh, well, we just had, we had Owen Crudale on, obviously the Broncos' uh, U.S. prospect draft uh, pick, the goaltender from San Diego, and, and Swite said, I'm trying to think of the last time the Broncos had an American goaltender, so I started going back through elite prospects and found Mark Guggenberger from uh, the late 2000s and kept going back more and more, and I was like, oh, I think that was it. And then I said, wait a second. Isaiah Dolores from Minnesota. (laughs) So uh, off-season brain. Yeah, exactly. And Isaiah Dolores, fun having him around this year. He did a dynamite job at the Central School Junior (laughs) News Conference with Ms. Robson's grade four class there. So certainly no disrespect to Isaiah Dolores intended there. but Showed uh, up in a suit for that. Yeah, very well dressed. Gave some great answers as well. That was, uh, again, taking nothing away from anyone else's classroom appearances this year. But... uh, Isaiah certainly hammered that one. So thank you very much to uh, head coach and director of Hockey Ops, Dean Brockman, uh, prospects Austin Moline and Owen Crudale from their respective homes in the States for joining us. Again, an unconventional edition of the Broncos This Week podcast coming up next week. Yeah, it could be a very lengthy podcast. Uh, We're hoping it is because that means we had a lot of questions coming in from uh, fans. So um, if you, uh, I don't know, there's going to be stuff all over social media, so hopefully you won't won't miss it. But uh, we're going to have Dean Brockman, uh, business operations director Nathan McDonald and uh, board chairman Trent McCleary here to take questions from fans uh, regarding you know different uh, things about the organization so if there's something that you've wanted to ask one of them for you know a couple of weeks a couple of months whatever it may be then this is kind of your chance to to talk to them on a public platform and and get an answer from them for maybe some some burning questions that you are hoping to get an answer for yeah exactly and if people have those burning questions we uh, invite you to email them to community at scbroncos.com and between 11 o'clock and 2 o'clock on April the 9th you can actually phone in talk radio style and ask your questions we won't be broadcasting this podcast live but during that time you can phone in with your questions operators will be standing by and uh, just whatever questions you have for as you mentioned head coach and director of hockey ops Dean Brockman board chair Trent McCleary or director of business operations Nathan McDonald so if you want to talk to any of those gentlemen and have any questions we certainly invite you to do so next week on Broncos This Week. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, hoping that a lot of people have questions. I'm sure there is. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, as we mentioned earlier, the passionate fans uh, here in Swift Current who care about this team and want this team to get better and get, uh, you know, back to a, a championship-caliber organization. So I'm sure there's people who have questions about, you know, maybe how long that's going to take or kind of what the what the process is and that's sort of the mindset heading into another offseason here. So I'm sure there's no shortage of people who have questions, just hoping that uh, they'll reach out and get those questions out there. Any sort of business questions, uh, welcome to. A lot of decisions made off the ice from the business to, uh, from the business side of things. So anyone with any queries uh, regarding that, uh, do get in touch with us next week for Broncos This Week and stay tuned to social media for more info on that special Town Hall Edition podcast. All right, that'll do it for another edition of Broncos This Week. Big thanks to Austin Moline, Owen Crudale, and Dean Brockman. He's Craig Boschman. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.